So here, I wanted to talk to you guys about something. Okay. Um, the was it was it just last week that we talked about Richard Carnes NFTs? Yes. So, uh, a, n- not a day went by without. Didn't you post uh, it? Didn't you post it to the Discord? Yeah, well, that, his, that he his... canceled his NFT. Yeah, yeah. So he canceled the NFT. So here's here's what I want to show you first. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a few images in. So okay. this this was him canceling his NFT. This sort of cute selfie. I've thought long and hard about NFTs. In a linen I've decided shirt. it's not something I need to do. Prayer emoji, hearts emoji. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, Karn, what a guy. Now we've got a couple retweets I need you to see. So he did these in the days following. So this one is where he retweeted someone retweeting that tweet and calling him a hero for it. Uh, I'm uh, not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. Sure. So, Love the Dark Knight. So he retweeted someone calling him a hero. Like, you're, you know what? They're right. I am one of those. I am a hero. I can get for praise me. for not making an NFT for not doing work. <laughs> Uh, here's him retweeting someone who claims that the time is now ripe for an Al Borland show. Um, (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he, he reminds me of all of the YouTube commenters on the, you know, like on the shit we watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what? They should Amazon, the biggest company in the world should bring back tiger sharks for me. (laughs) Live action. When? Yeah. Uh, and then here's here's my favorite part of this is that three days ago, he tweeted this. I'm going to read it. I'm a little old school and a little overwhelmed by the response to my foray into NFTs. I wanted to do eco-friendly NFTs with actual utilities for fans. Beyond JPEGs, I was putting out experiences. For those who already had described, to be fair, go to this link. Uh, the link, I'll explain in a second. The photo attached here is of him holding a, a, a yeah. boombox, Ghetto Blaster style, uh-huh. um, which I don't understand what that it's has really, to do here. really, like, immaculate comb over. Yeah, so I understand the inability to understand NFTs. Like, I, I can, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I can, I can sympathize with just fully not getting the technology or the appeal. And also that if you do get it, they're bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. like... And then, and then if you don't get it, they seem bullshit. And then somewhere in the middle, they seem like a good idea. <laughs> um, so like, so like I can, I can appreciate, um, thinking NFTs make no sense and being like, I'm going to add an experience to this. But the idea that you can sort of NFT an afternoon without a phone, call, it, a phone call with Richard Card. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so this link in the tweet. Goes to are you are you at all familiar with uh with Telegram the service Telegram? Like uh, it's the like app a, that all the white supremacists use. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's a yeah, digital it's messaging service. Yeah, exactly. And that link goes to a Telegram channel where it's like one way communication where you can get updates on Richard Carnes NFTs that he's actually still gonna do. He's that just he gonna is try actually and, gonna do. Yeah, he's gonna do. He's gonna try and find a way to you know do them environmentally consciously, I guess. But it very much seems like he's just taking the conversation off Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> probably. And this and, and this as of uh, he put it out three days ago, and as of right now, uh, <laughs> this Telegram channel has seventeen subscribers. Now, imagine. <laughs> Imagine going now. Imagine you used to be like a big into Instagram and your food, right? Gram your meals. Yeah. Now it just can you imagine sitting down to a to a meal and somebody's like, "Aren't you going to gram this?" And you'd be like, "I don't have to. The experience of eating it is an NFT. <laughs> Are you going to buy it?" 
Are you going to buy this enjoyment? Mmm, <laughs> that's a non-fungible taste. And then trade it on the open market. Wow. For real, that's actually like, that's some cyberpunk shit, right? Like if yeah. you could somehow like digitize an experience and then sell it to someone, that's that's actually like big sci-fi. That's no, just that's, not what this is and not where we are. <laughs> that's just the scene in The Matrix where the guy is eating the digital steak in The Matrix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. like, it's all digital. And, and Al Borland's there. I, and Al Borland's there and he dodges all the bullets. <laughs> I still... <laughs> Welcome one and all. Welcome children and adults. Welcome babes and dudes and rock stars and uh, everything in between that trinity. Yeah. Mm, the three genders. <laughs> the three genders, <laughs> babes, dudes, and rock stars. Yeah. Um, it's Saturday Morning Tuesdays, an adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. Uh, we are continuing, uh, ending... Um, who knows? <laughs> who knows with these shows? There's there's a constant push and pull with whether we are dying for more or c- can't eat another bite. Um, <laughs> um, but we're watching more Saber Rider and Pirates of Dark Water. Yes. Yes. What a beautiful combo. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, it's mashed potatoes and gravy. It's uh, or, or, well, maybe, it's or, or like... maybe it's sweet and salty. Maybe it's a little bit of. Like two different things? I don't know. They, it's, yeah, they, it's a bit they odd. Pair. I don't know. It's I like guess the, that they uh, pair. Like the uh, the sort of sour plum, the sort of umeboshi. Um, uh, salty, salty, sour, unique. <laughs> I fucking... <laughs> I hate this show and all the people on it. Um <laughs> This uh, this is this has been another another exciting week for for me personally. I feel like uh, these shows are revealing they're revealing more of themselves, like delicious new inner layers, like but like getting closer to a friend, and then they tell you something exciting about themselves, and you're like, oh, that's so fun. And I feel like both these shows continue to do that for me. I don't know. I I, I can't. I I never know what you guys are gonna like about about Pirates of Dark Water, but I feel like it revealed a fun new layer for me this week. Uh, that I, yeah. I was really enjoying. Yeah, I don't know where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm. I, I took, I took in the content, and then we'll kind of see what happens when I spit it back out like a bird. Like that's a Austin yeah. code for I didn't prep and come up with thoughts before this podcast, and I'll <laughs> find them out in the moment. Finished it right up to the minute before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to uh, get our, get our toes wet on these. My toes. All right. Just well, as long as it's not we, in that dark water. Well, I think I think it might. I think we might go to the dark water. I think we uh, might go to Saber Rider. Well, certainly first, but the toes will be. <laughs> the toes. The toe be... stuff will happen later. <laughs> Listen to that, listeners. Toe <laughs> stuff later. For now, let's dive right into Saber Rider. Saber. 
everybody. Uh, we are back and we are immediately going to give just a little disclaimer that toe stuff probably will not happen later. <laughs> I just, I don't want to write too many checks that we can't cash, but. Don't count it out though. Yeah. You I know, mean, but if, like... you're, if you're into toe stuff, just don't get too excited that anything will happen. Still might. <laughs> don't put the socks on. Keep those socks don't off. Put the socks on. <laughs> A party sock stays halfway. <laughs> um, listen up. We are starting with Saber Rider, and we jumped ahead. We jumped a little bit ahead um, because we wanted to really kind of get into the meat of an episode of this show. So we found episode 20, The Legend of the Santa Fe Express. So I think we, we <laughs> Rory, I believe Rory originally heard some sort of intro from a Saber Rider episode a while ago that was something about a train. Maybe it involved the president. We weren't I exactly sure. There, there's, there isn't a, there's a presidential-like character. There's a, there's a boss man on the train. <laughs> yeah. And so I, we, we found a train episode. I don't know if it's exactly the one uh, that we were originally looking for, but this episode provided quite a lot of tasty juice. So mm -hmm. um, I would like to read the synopsis and here it goes. April's uncle Wade has been working as a double agent and has obtained plans to an outrider facility where they are building new renegade units. Commander Eagle informs them that he is on the Santa Fe Express and wants the star sheriffs to escort him safely back to cavalry command. The outriders have found out that Wade double crossed them and attacked the train. The train is traveling out of control and heading towards a cliff. Ramrod manages to stop the train, but they discover that Wade has been shot. Wade gives April a locket that contains a microfilm of plans to the Outrider base and tells her to seek out her cousin June. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of June talk this, this week. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of info in that. Um, so before we start that, um, I also watched... Uh, a good chunk. I skipped around a little bit. I didn't watch the full episode, but the original Japanese. And you'll you'll remember, um, as I keep bringing up, because I'm just a really frustrating person, um, <laughs> that this was based on a Japanese anime called Star Musketeer Bismarck. And they edited the shit out of the show for American audiences to be safe. Do you remember the good old days when, when I pull shit like this on the podcast and you both would just ream me out from top to bottom and yeah, give me he, negative points? But Austin didn't watch the anime and and so he's just he's just, you know, relaying the the sort of you know the the high level points. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's directly pertinent to the show we watched. This he's talking about the <laughs> Japanese version of Saber Rider. He's not bringing up, he's not bringing up, you know, Mushishi in the middle of an episode for no reason. You know, I'll take the compliments where I can get it, even if I feel a little dirty about accepting it. <laughs> but, but thank you, Rory. Those um, are the best kind of compliments. So this was a really wild episode to watch both versions of, because the whole center concept of this episode in Saber Rider is that this Uncle Wade, who is not April's uncle in the other show, sure. he's just a guy. Um, he's a friend of her dad's. Uh, he uh, has this these stolen plans. It's all kind of the same, except he and he's on this train. Um, and then the the bad guys get on this train and massacre everybody on the train. And, <laughs> yeah. and in 
in the original, they murder everybody. They shoot them up. Everybody is in corpses and piles on the floor. And then they ultimately give a killing blow, a mortal blow to this, this doctor character. Yeah, Uncle Wade. Uncle, quote, Uncle Wade. Uh, and the show, Saber Rider does a lot of work, a lot of work to, to tone all of this down and to make Uncle Wade just get uh he kind of gets sleepy a little bit <laughs> yeah he gets hurt and he's still alive off screen it's he's fine. still alive he's gonna be everything's gonna be just fine and There's... he's like he's dying in a chair on the train <laughs> and, and he's 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 in the other show he's already dead and a locket slips out of his hand and as uh as april is is investigating this locket saber rider has dubbed lines of the currently dead man saying oh april here take a look take a look <laughs> at the locket it's it. my family it's a locket that's my family april that's little june in the front except she's grown up now <laughs> this man they're weekend at bernie'sing uh this uh. this corpse essentially to give him lines still that he's just he's just kind of tired you know he's gonna take a nap he got hurt Oh, it's so good. It's so it's fucking so good. good. It's so I, good. I love they've got lines in here from the bad guys about like. Uh, I can't afford to hurt him. Just stun him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking. I'm sorry. Later. We're, I'm just jumping ahead for a second. Yeah, later. Yeah. They talk about him. They talk about Uncle Wade. And. They're they're asking June all these questions, and they and as if to explain why they're not asking the definitely alive Doctor Wade, they go, <laughs> "We can't talk to him now. Doctor's orders." <laughs> yeah, because he's dead. He's fucking dead. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, at the end, they sort of uh, they they put a pin in it, and it's it's kind of one of my favorite moments of the episode where um where cavalry command is talking to talking to june no yeah mm-hmm. it's her dad yeah because yeah, it's june's dad so he's talking to uh our our uh our girl saber rider our female our female uh oh, that's april uh, you mean april yeah, yeah yeah april's dad is talking to april yeah 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 yeah. and he's like things things are looking up uh, yeah he literally for- <laughs> says everything's gonna be all right <laughs> no what he says is, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone, but I think everything's going to turn out all right. What do you mean, don't tell anyone? <laughs> we can't disrupt the continuity in, fur- in future episodes, so don't speak about him again. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be fine. Your Uncle Wade definitely is okay. He moved to a really nice farm upstate. <laughs> well... It's extra good because I think Austin, uh, I didn't, I didn't watch the scene, but I definitely saw that there's a scene at a graveyard. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yep. It's not in the in the Saber Rider. There's episode. a whole deeply emotional scene at a graveyard at the end of the episode uh, that is obviously all cut, um, <laughs> but it, you know, and it really ties things up really nicely. Like there's a whole running narrative in this whole episode in Japanese uh, about fathers and daughters and like legacy and like being frustrated. So there, so in Saber Rider, what you guys saw, um, and if you watch this on, on YouTube, uh, fellow listeners, if you watch this, you will also see a sequence where April at the beginning of the episode, April hops on, uh, her video chat with her she's daddy. FaceTime and her dad. Yeah. Daddy, face- she always her, says daddy. Yeah, I know. I hate it. In her <laughs> saddle unit, which is just her chair. <laughs> um, but they got to make it cowboy. So it's, it's a, a saddle unit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
So so she talks to in in Saber Rider, she talks to her dad about like Hi Daddy, what's up? Has Cavalry Command gotten any more information on the location of that new Outrider hideout? We just received a transmission from one of our agents. <laughs> I knew it. They're no match for us. We don't know the location yet. Our man has been working as a double agent. He's smuggling out the information. We will receive it sometime later today. We've been keeping our agent's identity a secret, but it's time for you to know, April. It's your Uncle Wade. Uncle Wade? It's been a dangerous mission for him. He's had to deal with the evil Outrider Commander Gatler. I want you and the other Star Sheriffs to meet his train and escort him safely to Cavalry Command. Sure, Daddy. Good luck. Wait, I wanted to ask you. The call ends prematurely and April gets kind of mad that she didn't get to ask how Uncle Wade was doing. And all of that's completely different. It's actually a really amazing conversation. So in Japanese, she's talking to her dad about this friend of his who who is doing the same thing. But then she's trying to ask him all of these questions. Her dad, she's like, hey, dad, are you uh, you like losing weight? Are you like eating enough? Hope you're not drinking too much. Like I know you're <laughs> trying to like work on your body and yourself and your health. And he's like, April, this is not like this is like an official business communication. Like this is. <laughs> not really the place to do that. Uh, so like, maybe like, we'll talk about this later. And then she gets off the line. She's like, ah, he didn't like ask how I was doing. I'm really <laughs> kind of pissed about that. And then, uh, Colt, uh, the cowboy guy is like, yeah, in fact, it's actually super not safe to have, you know, to put your daughter through this at all. Like to have your daughter, like, in danger like maybe he doesn't actually care about you a whole lot <laughs> oh rude yeah and then and then she's like uh only i can criticize my own father thank you very much <laughs> and that whole real. sequence is completely lost i know and, and i really liked it and then it ties back together with within june and her losing her father him dying and then at the end she like calls up her dad after the graveyard scene She's like, I have to go and do this. And he like talks to her and they have like a really nice little conversation. And then she dances about it and they catch her and it's really sweet. It's like it, it you know, it's a coherent narrative. Well, and it makes we it lose. kind of more like April's episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we That's lose interesting. Uh, all of it. <laughs> we lose <laughs> all of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we still get we still get a fun episode. Mm -hmm. Uh but it's it's definitely like I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird, and it feels it feels like two episodes together, right? I mean, like there's the train situation, and then like the second half is like a totally different thing where we're like like with June and and talking about like how unsafe she is and her being mad and all this other stuff. I don't know. I yeah. I like I I kind of expected the train nonsense to last way longer, right? But yeah, yeah. And and to to describe again, this this train is going through uh, and these, you know, uh, outrider goons sort of do this really intense, like full scale ambush of the train and really mm -hmm. like really do just shoot up the place. Um, and there's even a shot that sticks around because they cut quite a lot of of the bullets actually going through people's chest um, and them dying. But they do leave a scene in because they can't really cut around it of bodies on the floor with eyes wide open uh, in, in Saber Rider. And they do have a line there of like, Stun them! They'll be out for a while. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the constant, yeah. the constant reiterating that nobody dies in Saber Rider is, uh, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really, I really do enjoy it. I, did anyone else when they were first watching this? Cause they, they, you know, when we first go to the train set piece, it shows uncle Wade and he looks so fucking suspicious. Like, did did anyone else think he was going to be the villain? Like, I know we no. just talked about Uncle Wade, but like, you know, they can look like anybody, right? I mean, that's the whole deal with these outriders. They can pose. They can pose as humans. And I, I mean, like, mostly I'll... they look like Draculas. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll give you. He looks like, uh, you know, he looks like a fully developed uh, and like you know concept arted character. And so when mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on, you're like, oh, there's just like there's a person drawn with a lot more. Uh, <laughs> uh, on this trip, yeah, right. Um, but no, look I look at all the really lines on this I didn't guy. Really get yeah, villain vibes. They're definitely not them. a day player, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> featured ensemble. Yeah, yeah, it's like a character. It's like a you know when a when a really you know when a when a famous character actor shows up on Law and Order. That's yeah, what it, that's exactly what it's like. Oh, when they definitely somebody, did it. Yeah, yeah, when somebody's <laughs> drawn like with so much more care than everybody else on the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Oh yeah. man. Uh, so again, again, he clearly takes a mortal blow and, you know, they, they, they sort of take his, as he goes to sleep on the train, um, they take all of his info and, and know they have to go after June, his daughter. Um, cause there's like microfilm in the locket or something. And yeah, it's, it's a little unclear and. I mean, I mean, for obvious reasons, right? I mean, like they're 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 trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, script wise, uh, with this one. I want to I want to make sure that I, I <laughs> mention <laughs> my favorite shot in the episode, though, because we see Saber Rider, ostensibly our main character, right? We see Saber Rider, like, oh, I got to get to the cockpit of this careening train so that I can stop it from. I don't remember if he's if it's a, if they're worried about hitting the boulder at that point if they're worried about going off the cliff I don't it's, know there's yeah, a whole bunch blow of train the tracks. danger they blow the tracks and so there's a big canyon that's gonna fall off and he's like I gotta get to the front of the train and we have what I think is at least a five to seven second shot of him galloping towards the front of the train <laughs> it's <laughs> a long train <laughs> except he's not galloping steed doesn't move doesn't move at all it's like a rocket horse right and so it's kind of like it it almost feels like a paper doll just sort of being moved across the screen (laughs) because saber rider doesn't move and the horse's legs don't move it's just like (laughs) dramatic music while he slides (laughs) we also had a few more we had a few more cases of uh Saber Rider having to give added permission to Fireball <laughs> <laughs> to be the main character to be <laughs> of, of uh, where they have Fireball say, Can we go down there, Top Sword? Yes, right away. <laughs> right, he calls him Top Sword. Yeah. That feels yeah. like lingo to me. I you know. know? Yeah. Yeah, that feels like somebody read, you know, read some sort of thesaurus unit for old timey. <laughs> uh, old timey Western speak and was and found one one reference to the top sword and we're like oh I'm using this this is going to our main character saber rider <laughs> so June the deal with June I guess is that Uncle Wade is like oh I don't know she'll help or maybe she'll be in danger or fucking I don't know she presumably has information but before he can tell them what's going on he dies I mean passes out 
and uh, and they go and they talk to her, and she's completely reticent to help because you know she finds out in this moment where, where April goes to talk to her, she's like, "Hey, cuz, your dad was a secret agent, and we need your help." Well, she's like, "Hey, Abel, I didn't know that, and that explains a lot, and that sucks." And B, that sounds really dangerous, and I now hate the government for <laughs> that sending really sounds like dad. a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> and all the rest of the saber riders step out from like behind a tree and they're like, your cousin's a saber rider or your cousin's a star sheriff too. And so are we. And she's like, oh my God. And then they all talk about it. And she's still mad, but she like, but she's given the locket. April's like, look, he cared a lot about you. And, you know, he kept the, the microfilm right next to your picture or whatever. And this was really important to him. So we need your help. And she initially refuses and runs out and we get a, uh, I, this, this sequence is, is kind of weird to me. I know in the, in the Japanese, it doesn't make like, any sense when they're like, we need you to come on our mission and be around and get hurt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so fucking weird. They're like, you're a target. And she's like, I'm going to go out anyway. And. I this is one of the very few moments that I like actually like watched in Japanese and I know that like there's an implication that she ran out got sad and drunk and she's stumbling around and they're like oh man I'm worried her that father she's going to die. Yeah, exactly, cuz her father's dead in the, in the original. And they're like I'm I'm worried she's going to get caught immediately. Their master plan is to have April while in full armor put June's clothes on and a June wig on over on top, top of, it. of her her <laughs> mecha helmet. Yeah, <laughs> her Sentai yeah. helmet. Yeah, imagine a Power Ranger wearing a wig on top. And because because you can just draw it as if it was as if it you know isn't an obviously stupid idea. It works like totally. you you can just draw right. you can you know it works perfectly and it is kind of a. It's not a bad reveal when she sort of looks up from under the wig and it's, you know, got her like cracked. Yeah. Yeah. They pepper her full of bullets and you're like, oh, this definitely didn't work. She's dead for sure. (laughs) June died. (laughs) But but if if you had to, if this was live action, you couldn't do that in a way that isn't obviously cartoonish. No, without having them look like a grotesque. (laughs) Some sort of double goblin. (laughs) (laughs) Double goblin. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a weird extra <laughs> thick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do act. They do keep the, 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 the scene where June is straight up shot, but it's only because she doesn't actually get shot. She like, she gets shot right in the locket. Right. I mean, classic, classic story. Uh, and the locket protects her from death. And that's when she relents and tells them the, the intel. But you know what that might be originally from? Hmm. That might actually be from the Three Musketeers. Uh, I, I mean, huh. it's so tropey that it's hard to give it credit without doing research. But it's definitely mm-hmm. the oldest, the oldest text I could think of off the top of my head, uh, where one it's... of the Musketeers gets uh, gets shot in his pocket Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. I think in the movie it's his cross. It bounces off a cross necklace, but that's obviously ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so then. The second, I mean, they tell them they tell them where to go, and that basically just triggers the end game of this episode. For both both versions are pretty similar, where they fight a giant robot dinosaur, uh, and that just sort of is nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we get, I fully we get tuned out. Nonsense. Oh yeah, no, I started doing other work. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh great i can i can duck out for about five you, minutes. you moonlighted for your other podcasts that you yeah. do mm-hmm. uh i i guess there's one there's one scene that i looked up at where their laser blasts the head off the dinosaur like vaporized that was surprising to me yeah um yeah. but Otherwise, it's just constant, like a a barrage of Macross missiles and chest lasers, just kind of nonstop. And you know, delivering the goods for an eight year old, <laughs> <laughs> the eight year old who's been so upset with this wig drama, finally tunes in to watch things explode. Uh-huh. And right. uh, and yeah, I mean, we get to we get to the end with that with that extremely confusing conversation where daddy says, don't tell everyone, but, every, but your uncle's going to be okay. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Especially the fact that they make the final scene where she gets on that call and she's just yeah. like, all she is is worried about her uncle. And then she's like doing a happy dance that her uncle's okay. And to, to completely remove all of the sort of interesting, like father daughter connection there from mm-hmm. that scene, completely stripped out you know it's just it's so frustrating well they also take an opportunity to add like an unnecessary dig where like uh april gets really excited and hangs up the phone call and her dad's like april (laughs) takes after her mother (sighs) it's like (laughs) okay (laughs) okay daddy which could be true we know we haven't met her it's right. true. Takes after her mother. She might be always hanging up that phone too early. Her mother was always happy too. God, so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and then the Saber Riders show up and they just mercilessly make fun of her bad dancing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Is that a new dance step? Sure ain't the Texas stomach. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> And I keep saying saber riders when I mean star sheriffs, but it's because uh, it's fucking confusing. It's yeah. pretty interchangeable, except yep. for it is a guy's name. It's the, it's the only name. <laughs> it's his his, only his name isn't like Jake Cutlass and they call no, him Saber Rider. No, it could have been it's Richard Lance. Saber Lancelot. Christopher Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher was his father's name. <laughs> yeah, it's a family name. It's kind of what I add. Let's do it. All right, everybody. You know what time it is. It's that time of the week where we earn. We earn what uh, we uh, we get the money that we've we've rightfully earned. The, the money that was owed mm. to us uh, contractually. Uh, and so and so, uh, Austin. Austin, could you do our audience the favor of letting them know what's going on in the world, what's what's hot and fresh, and let them let them know what's going on with night hoops. Yeah, absolutely. Our sponsor this week is Night Hoops. And now I want you to just sort of sit with the connotation, like what you think that means, right? Like in your mind, of course, you're thinking, well, that's the perfect, like this is my going outside jewelry, right? These are my earrings. (laughs) Oh, I thought we were going to go basketball. I'm not sure what that is. Um, So you might be thinking (laughs) that these are what you wear from your ears for some sort of evening celebration, right? You're, you're gonna you're like these aren't my like grocery shopping hoops, right? These are my night. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're wrong. These aren't these aren't day hoops. You're wrong because that's not what the sponsor is about. Um, you know, they're kind of going for it. I think maybe in 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 theme or something or the evocation, but this is a cereal actually. 
Um, oh. This is this is a a cereal that you can only eat when you can't sleep, and it is at least two a.m. and you need to to pour yourself a bowl of night hoops. <laughs> and these little these little rings, um, contractually and sort of legally different from any sort of loop or mm-hmm. ring cereal or O's. Um, or no, O's. No, no. Yeah, we cannot say that. Um, <laughs> but night hoops, night hoops are formulated with sort of a special blend of vitamins and minerals, wheats, wheats and corn and oat uh, to, to really kind of help you both get back to bed and quiet the, the angry night terrors that are kind of plaguing you and keeping you from sleeping. Now, if, what if I've never had any success in the past with traditional sleep aids is this going to be any different well i think it it, it is formulated you mean like your gatorades or your power aids <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah, marital aids yeah <laughs> coca-cola sleep aid uh just doesn't do it for Coca-Cola me these nights. days <laughs> um yeah so this is actually so this has both melatonin in the like sugar crystal you know sugar crystals of the of the uh-huh. hoops, uh-huh. Uh, it's got melatonin. It's got a little bit of like you know some of the some of the some of the good stuff. You know some of the good stuff. Sure. You know valerian root. Um, <laughs> so it smells like a foot a little bit. Um, but again, you eat this stuff. It's all natural. It's formulated. It's going to help you go to sleep really quick. And that sounds uh, great. Yeah, I think it's actually I think it's a really good product. I think it's really important because you have those t- those nights when you're very tired and you're just thinking, God, I wish uh, I'm like I'm hungry because I didn't eat for a while. I haven't eaten for a while and it's keeping me up because I'm hungry. And so, like, I need to eat something. I'm a huge piece of shit. And also there's like big goblins in my head that are telling me <laughs> about, you know, the, all the, the things that, that, that they want me to do. And, uh, you know, some like song is looping in my head over and over again and you know uh the goblins are, are there again um and i oh, just came really back. need to make yeah they came back they were gone for a second the song came in and the goblins <laughs> came back you know um you know how it happens when it's 2 a.m and so i just need something like night hoops to to keep the goblins from from coming back again i bet it helps that you pour whiskey on it instead of milk too that's right yeah you can use milk but it's not recommended it's like it's like the instructions on hot chocolate where they're like, use water if you're a dumbass, but everyone uses milk. <laughs> yeah, the Chads use milk. Yeah. Well, that sounds perfect for me. Yeah, I think it's good specifically for you as well. <laughs> so um, go ahead and, and use it. Uh, now, I just have to say again, if you have had night hoops during the day, you cannot operate any heavy machinery vehicles. <laughs> um Please sort of stay in one place. Don't like try to jump. Definitely don't. No, because you're, you're full of Benadryl and whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't um, attempt to sort of like dial any X's or do any online shopping. Don't try to uh, watch the end of Evangelion. Um, just uh, really fuck you up. Just really try to go straight to bed, and that's very important. Oh, perfect. Well, thanks, Austin. Yeah, you nay, no problem.
bird is being devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. At his side is an unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. At his back, the evil pirate lord Blood, who will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself. Okay, it's pirates time. It's time to to grab your grab your cutlass, grab your your rapier. Did you use rapiers? I I'm woefully out of my depth here with pirate talk, but it's pirate time. Episode three of the Dark Water Pirates. It's called Breakup. Uh, but no one breaks up like romantically in this episode because no one's dating romantically. Uh, so here's not yet. <laughs> here's the synopsis. With both the compass and the first treasure stolen, Ren and company pursue the thieves, including Conk, to the island of Pandawa, home of the monkey birds. <laughs> <laughs> not the pandas or anything. Yeah, the, the panda thing is an odd red herring that I didn't feel <laughs> added anything to the episode. And it, 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 it technically doesn't, it's not even a real, a real red herring. But it does sound like they're trying to invoke something that is not present in the episode, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the island is in the midst of an uprising as Nidler's people seek to free themselves from the predations of slavers. Uh, yeah, Noijatat. There's some. There's some. There's slavery in this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite a lot of it. I. I had. I, I I kind of feel like this is this is a good formula for the Pirates of Dark Water show. Uh, this particular episode, um, I guess before we get into it, maybe this maybe won't make as much sense. But I I, I felt very much like this was a D and D session in a way, where mm, like it's got D and D vibes. Like yeah, yeah you, you come out like you know the the DM is planted like you arrive at this place and there's and there's like little quest givers yeah <laughs> yeah sort of and there's a there's around. an obvious side quest that has a plot hook to one of your party and they're really invested and the rest of your party's like I don't know how much this should be how we spend our time compared to the the big picture thing yeah. and and like some of us have work in the morning Kevin <laughs> <laughs> don't split the party. <laughs> But it's also like, you know, freeing a bunch of people from slavery is also a classic kind of D&D side quest situation. Um, I don't know. So I got I got interesting vibes off of it, like role play vibes at the same time that I was kind of ah, this plot is a dime a dozen. Yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't say it's particularly like delicately handled either. Um, but, you know, it's just sort of um I see. I didn't vibe with this one quite as much as I did the last one, which I know is sort of a reversal of of um, you know all of our opinions. I think. Yeah, because I like this one. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, it just didn't. Nothing really stood out to me the way like little moments that I really enjoyed from last time. Little like fun character mm-hmm. moments. I didn't feel like it had too many of those. Like it was trying to do. Like a it's whole really plot heavy. It's yeah, really going yes, through what, yes. what should be like at least an hour of content. I mean, not really because it, it, it's so it's so sort of cookie cutter that I, it is easily condensed into into 30 minutes. But they go through they they go through quite a bit of plot. In this they line. do. They really push through it. Yeah. And it's it's largely like 
Like the the dialogue has to do a lot of work early on, especially Nidler being like, oh my gosh, this is the, the island where I was born and all of our people are in slavery and we have this queen and we're doing it for the queen, but I didn't want to come back here because Jargus is is here and he's the guy who sold me into slavery and sold me to 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 the bad pirate whose name I'm forgetting, Bloth, Bloth. And like, you know, he and has, also he has Bloth's to do a lot guy, of heavy Conk lifting. is here and Conk and Jargus are, are like teamed up and then yeah, they're also- besties. They're besties, and then there's rebels, and then there's the rebels led by a guy named Yellow Wing, but he's not the leader. There's like another leader of the yes, rebels. His name is Chieftain. just Chieftain. Chieftain, but then there's also a queen as well. And it's like And then you Yellow know, Wing betrays everyone. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot in there that doesn't I, I fully admit the plot beats don't quite land because no, the, and- yeah. You know what I was hoping for that I think would have been a lot more interesting and um and I think really well established for this for this show was that these these uh these monkey birds are are fighting for their freedom and they consider themselves slaves and it would have been interesting to find out that the quote unquote slavers just think they're selling, you know, parrots to pirates, right? Like just giving them uh-huh. you know, like have uh-huh. that have that bifurcation uh but they they're just it's an odd creature it's uh they're not a beast of burden they're this sort of complainy can't fly good can't run good can't fight good crappy yeah. creature yeah it's a weird like like we're not actually explicitly ever told what their value is to people that's true <laughs> no because yeah. they don't seem like you know most of these sorts of narratives would be like yes to go work and toil in the and mines they, or whatever they right? call people two legs but I'm pretty sure they have two legs they also have two legs yeah they don't <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's well, just because the plot a, th- decided that they're in, enslaved and there is no sort of. There is a further... nebulously non human character who I don't think ever gets a name, but he's kind of like the slave trader. And I think he's voiced by Jim Cummings. And I think it's Jim Cummings sort of vaguely doing like an Asian accent for this guy. Yeah. And he is like a large toad man or a slimy slug man. And he's the first person to call someone two legs. And I was like, does he have four legs under this big <laughs> robe? And we never see the number of legs he has, which adds to my confusion. Mm-hmm. Like he very well might have four legs, but I don't know. And also are there non-humans that look like, like clearly we have the monkey birds, but like what other species are there on this planet? I'm I that did kind of make me interested. I was like, this guy's clearly not a human. Yeah, uh, it just to me it drops the ball in a lot of ways. I think by yeah. biting off more than it can chew. Um, you know, like we get we get some really like clear different elements introduced in the other episodes that felt a little more clean. This is just like a lot, a lot happening. This this episode, I think, if there's anything we could all maybe agree on, this episode totally taught me something new, which is a very fun way to eat mashed potatoes at a nice gathering, oh. <laughs> uh, which is yes. to smear it on your forearm and then lick it off. <laughs> oh, I thought it was butter. I don't know They're if it's eating, butter or ma- eating it looked, arm it's butter. Squelched, it's squelched <laughs> like mashed potatoes. It could easily have been arm butter, but it's it's in a dish already, if maybe on a plate, and these two dumb pirates the ladle it man. onto their arms first, and yep. then they lick it from their arm. Yeah, so it, maybe it's, it's, we don't have toe stuff, but maybe we've got arm food stuff. <laughs> it, it just feels like they're trying to establish pirates are gross. Yeah. For, even though it's really not that kind of show where like it's pirates such a are weird way from, to like, do it. And no, it's so weird. <laughs> and they just do something nasty, like eat their food off their arm. Um <laughs> 
I arms don't, are I, nature's plates. I, I, I don't really have anything to say on it. It's, it. it's it's again, it's one of those things, you know, I mentioned before, like some parts of this feel like, you know, even though this is an American show, like that they've had to just script animation that they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, uh, you know, change. Uh-huh. This similarly feels like, they just animated something because it was written and it couldn't be changed, right? Like somebody wrote, mm-hmm. you know, they eat mashed potatoes off off their each other's arms, off their own arms, uh, <laughs> like off all arms, like, like a Mad arms. Lib screenplay. Yeah, yeah. And, and and animators were just like, well, that's what the script says. Let's get busy. <laughs> yeah. Let's get horny. Let's get real horny. All right, it. boss man. Um, the there's one thing that I do really enjoy. So we talked about there being like a divergence in like priorities at on this island that mm-hmm. Ren feels the call to help liberate these monkey birds from slavery. And uh, his compatriots, Tula and Ayaz are like, you guys, the, the main plot is following Conk and he's going to leave this island soon. And we can't just be like around here just doing whatever because he's going to leave and he's got our treasure. And so we should like follow him. You know, we should go. Like we yeah, right go. now the number of treasures of rule we have is zero. Yeah, and yeah. they're also like, and by the way, you didn't hire like favor friends. We're money friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So far, we have still not made anything. Uh, <laughs> and so, and I, uh, what here's what I love is that, like Ayaz, I expect that of Ayaz. Mm-hmm. Tula, I didn't. I love that Tula is sort of has positioned herself to sort of be the. I, I don't know. There's the the trope that we keep seeing of the sort of mom girlfriend, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, who is the sort of expected love interest. But she's also, I don't know, sort of like the voice saint- of reason, the and, voice and, and, of reason and saintly and pure or whatever. And yeah. she doesn't really. But Tula's just kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that she's kind of a dirtbag. Like she does, yeah. you know, at times yeah. sort of come to her like, you know, ah, we should help him. But Ayaz also does that, too. Like. Like she's not, she's not reaching any sort of like, uh, she's not winning any awards in this episode, you know, like, like, and I just really like that. Like in both episodes after episode one, like she has stolen from, from stuff with like no remorse. She has like decided to leave the guy behind and not liberate the slaves. Like she's kind of just like a dirtbag. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you know, what I think is also fun is that. We're we're seeing we saw another snippet earlier in this episode of her inspecting a document like a hitherto unseen document with like what looked like maybe code words. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what the hell's going on there, Uh, but it also definitely seems like she's got something shady in addition to like last week when she stole those maps. (laughs) And don't you remember when he was like, I need you to tell me about those maps. And she's just like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) And that's the end. It's just the end of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what I liked about this episode. Uh, And I think it, I, I, we have to find things on this podcast frequently that are like in a vacuum or in a better show. This would be such a cool maneuver. And I appreciate it in its place, even though it's a cool maneuver pulled and probably a mediocre show. It is called Pirates of Dark Water, and we have now only glimpsed Dark Water for the first time three episodes in, and we still don't have an explanation about it. And I kind of dig that a lot because yeah. we only f- we see it now like 
we, it, it's like Cena mentioned a couple times. So early on, we see it, and Ios is like, "Wow, I've never seen dark water this far south." Uh, as it sort of like comes up out of nowhere and attacks a ship or something like this, just random patch of dark water, and they're like, "Oh fuck that!" And later, when there's a fight that breaks out, uh, the three bad guys fall into the water, and a patch of dark water comes up underneath them, like a horrible, like demonic bubble of dark water, like magic hands come out of it and like drag them under it's to die underneath. It is spooky. It's fucking terrifying. And like, they're like dark water again and curse my eyes. If there isn't more of it afloat than ever before. And like, I love that there's no explanation there, but that it, there's a clear, like, Oh shit, there's more dark water these days, like global warming or something. Like it's like, this thing that floats around. Yeah. And, and it, mm-hmm. but it, but it like at some point becomes sentient and drowns you. But otherwise, yeah. it's just like an oil spill. It's like an angry oil spill waiting <laughs> right. to get you. Right. And by description, angry oil spill does not like, you know, sell movie tickets. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like <laughs> by by keeping by doing that old horror classic trope of like, you know, don't give us a lot. Let it yeah. sort of be spooky and mysterious. The the alien and alien, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like let it sort of lurk and, and be, you know, spooky from the shadows. Uh, is a is a is a well done technique. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. I think it's fucking dope. Um, and part of that also, I I feel like I probably should remind us is that these first five episodes were at one point kind of a package deal to sort of like oh uh, sure you know so like I imagine that some of the I I can't I can't actually tell you right now how much of the long form interesting like breadcrumbs we're seeing is because they're expected to pay off by the end of episode five or if they're long game plays. Right. That's a good point. It's hard to say because this does not feel like the cohesive five part thing that we got out of Ninja Turtles by a right. leap in a mile. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you're right though, that they, if you are just dropping this on one day, you don't have to pay off as much as if you, if this is spread out over five weeks. Mm-hmm. So, so to that point, it's, I think, impossible to know unless we, you know, watch <laughs> enough of this show to, to discover the answer. <laughs> Somehow yeah. I don't think that's happening. Um, it, it seems so unlikely. I, I do want to talk really briefly about the conclusion of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does a, a little interesting thing to otherwise what feels, again, pretty overstuffed and cookie cutter is, uh, so, Ayaz and, and Tula leave, right? They, they head out on the boat. And meanwhile, um, Ren is sort of left to, to play freedom fighter with these rebels and help them like overtake the slavers on this island. And he starts to do that. And then he gets knocked out and they get like when they get betrayed and, uh, he goes to sleep for a while. And then while he's out, I guess we kind of see that the monkey birds start to rise up and, and do it all themselves. And then mm-hmm. Ren wakes up and he's like, Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, this old thing. Yeah. We, we conquered the <laughs> Island and, and you know, you were there in spirit, bud. We were, you know, thanks. Well, I guess they, they like, they credit him for helping them find the initial like courage and give the initial push of like having a two legs sort of like stick up for them. And like, yeah, you know what generous. I mean? Like they're like, what happened? Oh, not much. We just took our Island back from Jargus and the slave traders. But even though you were sleeping, with us, Ren. We have so much to thank you for, son of Primus. We did it all ourselves while you were sleeping. You know what it was, and I, and I actually kind of appreciate the shakeup of the format. 
this was a captain's log. This was a skip to the end, and uh-huh. we, and we find out how much like all this plot that they were setting up that they knew they couldn't finish in twenty fucking minutes yeah. is just resolved. It's just all yep. resolved for them. Yep, totally. Yeah, and I, I like it. And and not only what's what's funny and kind of you know ironic is that while while Ayaz and Tula sail off, they're like okay. We ha- we assume Ren is dead now because we left him in the midst of this horrible situation. So for Ren's memory and also because we hate him, we're gonna go and give Conk as much fucking trouble as we can. And they sort of like raise a toast, like to Ren, and they go off, you know, in search of treasure because they want to find the treasures of rule. And yeah, by staying, bags. yeah, because they're dirtbags. <laughs> but by staying, Ren wakes up and the queen is like, oh yeah, treasures of rule. We got one of those old things and her her crown has a treasure of rule in it and she just gives it to him. So, you know, by by staying behind and doing the right thing, he's actually gifted the treasure that Ayaz and, and Tula ran off to go find selfishly. Right. And he I still appreciate made that as well. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. The DM knows that it's fun to give you rewards for whatever you choose. And uh, and but the party split now. And so that's going to be interesting moving forward if we decide to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So well, I don't know. It's it's cool. It's cool from a big like a big picture structure thing. I, I think that's what I appreciated most about this episode. But the episode is not particularly exciting. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but let's uh, let's deliberate maybe in a, in an outro on like what we're gonna do about this. Yeah. Guys, we we've potentially come to a conclusion i think i think we're gonna have the uh, a sausage shock that normally happens off air might just be happening on air this week because i think we're all feeling pretty nebulous about where we're at we 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 didn't decide before going into this arc how many weeks we wanted to dedicate to it uh to the shows in it whether we pivot into anything keep rolling the keep rolling forward with both of these my gut reaction I mean, I know, I know that there's a lot of love for Pirates of Dark Water. Three episodes in, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing the magic. Yeah, I mean, part of me, part of me hurts because like, there is sort of a five episode package, but it's also like, I don't know if I really want to spend two more weeks with this show just to see the end of it. I mean, we could maybe like here, why don't, yeah. why don't live? I'll read the synopses of episode <laughs> four and five to you because I think we're probably gonna cut it right. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty cutty. So just so that we get the the tiniest amount of closure, here's what happens in episodes four and five. So in episode four, Ren and Nidler are captured by Bloth. Ren meets Abagon, one of his father's most trusted captains, and learns the history behind the treasures of rule. And then episode five, Ren and his friends try to escape and regain the first treasure from Bloth. So it seems very much like there's, you know, some some time with our main villain and probably Ayaz and Tulev have a change of heart and come back to try and help him escape. And then they run off into the sunset. Right. Nothing particularly earth shattering. Sure. So here's what I'm wondering. Uh, do we want to if we were to do another week of this, I kind of would like to see it like season two, you know, like. I I would be curious to see what this show looks like, you know, in a in a season. Uh, I would I would say uh, on my end, that would be my vote. If you guys both voted to keep the show and I had no other say in it, 
yeah. I'm not curious about what's going on season two. Like I, <laughs> enough to, enough to do it. I, I would only I would only want to see what's going on in the deep catalog if I was forced to watch more Pirates of Darkwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I mean I'd be I'd be happy with one more sort of tag week where we just watched two episodes of Saber Rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Saber Rider, see Saber Rider, I'm also conflicted about because even with just watching this episode, I kind of feel like I reached a like okay, I I feel like I understand this show now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I feel like. Well, the interesting thing though is if we if we were to keep doing it and we could do a, a sort of Japanese and an English comparison because mm. I'm finding that both the previous weeks, the context of what they changed and how they changed it has been very interesting. Yeah, it's deeply fascinating. But the show, in and of itself, the English version, we get a couple good jokes. We get we get it's got an, it's got enough to it that I, I i don't hate it but um i don't know that that us or our listeners need more of just the english saber writer yeah because the deal is that really what's happening behind the scenes to make this show into something watchable for american That's audiences is is fascinating is is far more interesting than anything is is sort of our like watching you know sentai you know back to back right yeah. like like just a power rangers episode by itself is you know, at least torturous. they've made it. Yeah, torturous. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there's a there, there's more discussion when you kind of introduce this like meta narrative of what the Americans did to goof around with it. <laughs> <laughs> the big goofing. Yeah. So All where right. does this leave us? I think I I, I think there I think there's merit uh, in in maybe doing like a laser jump ahead uh, <laughs> in Pirates of Darkwater to kind of see what the show looks like. Uh, you know, if it's significant, feels significantly different or more mature or more realized or something. Uh, well, let's, in, in the let's later... let democracy decide live on air. Oh, yeah. Is that a yay from you for more one more week of Pirates in the future? That's for me. Right, that's a nay from Rory. <sighs> Andy, you're the Randy Jackson this week. <laughs> Andy, y'all, <Jackson>. y'all, <laughs> dog. No, no, there's not. I per, speaking personally, uh, if I was going to be hyperbolic about it, just diving ahead into into late Pirates of Darkwater is just going to drive home how much it is sad that they never finished it again for me. But also like. I don't know. I'm not. That, you might not, find out it was never good. Well, you might that's lose also, that childhood yeah, memory. Yeah, that's also that's also a worry. I also, I I'm not I'm not interested. My what I was vibing with even a little bit was the the like end over end interest of how they told a story week to week, and by jumping ahead, I lose that too. So yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. All right, I know when to uh, uh, <laughs> gracefully walk into the sunset. <laughs> you know when uh, to we, get hit by on stun and do we do anything left right. with saber rider we could do a patreon episode or a normal episode i i think there may be something else for for saber rider i think maybe if we if we all watch oh sure if we all watch both versions of an episode 
Yeah, just find it, find one, and then and then maybe just have like one big discussion about it uh, as yeah. a as a final as a final week of what surely ended up being called Saber Pirates. Yeah, uh, because we couldn't come up with a better arc name. Um, I think that's I think that's probably a good call. I also think that our current thought for this year's schedule, because we kind of liked how it worked out uh, last year, and we want to make sure we have time to like work on things for Patreon, and also we you know we all have other shit going on in our lives is that we're going to be three weeks on, one week off for the foreseeable future for this podcast and probably for Infinite Backlog, which means that we probably won't be seeing you next Tuesday unless you're on Patreon and we put something fun out for you there. So there will probably be a break. So we have a little extra time to cook up something fun for a final week of of Saber Pirates. Yeah, and you know what? You're really going to like it, whatever we do, (laughs) because we like it when we have a little bit of time to get silly. And also, fucking, we... We never do anything on this show that we're not having a good time with. I think the second that we stop having a good time, we bail. And I think that's a strength. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're welcome. That uh, I think, well, we did give, we did give Greek shows a second week to, you know, it was like we had a terrible time and we were like, it can't be, they can't all, they can't all be this bad. And we, and we like, we wiped the slate and we found two new shows about Greek gods or stuff. <laughs> and even worse. were bad too. <laughs> but I think, I think that's the only true dud. Like, I mean, obviously listeners have a different experience because they don't watch the show. They listen to our show. <laughs> and what we see can be bad and they can get something good out of it. So, but, yeah. but purely from a, from the point of view that you were talking about where it's like, did we watch something that was unenjoyable that we found not yielding, not yielding any gold to discuss? I think that's the only failure that I can remember. Yep. Was the Greek, the was Greek week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause we even got something out of that Jerry, the Jim Carrey special. <laughs> Oh, Jim Carrey yeah. was fun. They were hard. They were hard, but <laughs> it was, was a fun. tough week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right, buds. Uh, well, we've had a good time. We've we loved. Have. We've lived. We've laughed. Uh, not necessarily nothing in that else order. on the wall. Nothing else on that wall <laughs> scroll that it tells us to do. <laughs> right, right. So we'll we go ahead free. and see you uh, in a couple Tuesdays.